for the first time in my life, I started feeling the spirit that I had been searching oh, for there you go. all this time. Yeah. And what I didn't know was that Jesus showed up in my driveway on a white horse mm. that night to rescue me. Wow. My knight in shining armor wow. came to rescue me because I was that close from being demon possessed. I know I was. Wow. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promise outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us a gal that has been a member of this ministry for decades, and she has a wonderful testimony that will help you to see how God can transform a life. Maybe it's your life that needs to be transformed. Maybe it's somebody that you know that you've been praying for. Listen to this testimony of a transformed life. We're so happy that you're with us today on this podcast. But before we get started, we want to recommend that if you haven't already done so, that you go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and make sure that you have gotten onto our email list so that we can stay in contact with you. It is really important to us to have communications with you, not just only that we can reach out to you, but we want you to be able to reach out to us. So we'd love for you to fill out the feedback form if the Lord has touched you in some way by this podcast or by one of the podcasts you've heard before, let us know what he's doing in your life as a result of this. And if you have something in your heart that you want us to pray into, to bring as a podcast, let us know. We want to hear from you and let us know where you're listening from, because it's just encouraging to us to know where our listeners are and how the Lord is dealing with you. Also, there's lots of other things on our website that you can help yourself to, and uh, we trust that we can help to equip you. That's what we are here for, to contend for this outpouring that is almost here and has begun, really. It's already begun. And to help equip you, listener, you, because God wants to use you in the days to come, and maybe even today in a special way as a result of something that you're hearing in this podcast. It's going to equip you to engage with the Holy Spirit, to bring something new into the earth, and to help change the atmosphere, and to help change someone's life and bring them into the fullness of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So we have with us today Debbie Young, Thank you so much, Debbie, for joining us. We've known you a number of years, kind of at a distance, but uh, we're getting to know you better all the time, and we're just really glad that you're with us. Yes. Well, thank you for the opportunity and for the invitation, and it's a blessing to be here with you. Well, thank you so much. And and let's start at the beginning. Um, Like, what kind of an upbringing did you have? Were you raised in church? or just raised as a heathen, or, you know, <laughs> what What happened in your life to bring you to Jesus? Well, Sharon, I was raised in a wonderful home where my mom and dad had high morals, and they loved my brother and I very much, but I was not raised in church. I never went to church with them, and 
I guess I was probably about eight or nine years old when my parents decided that my brother and I needed a little bit of church upbringing. So Mm -hmm. my dad dropped us off at the corner of a church parking lot and had us to go in and go to Sunday school and attend (laughs) church for a little while. And we didn't know anybody at that church and we didn't like it. And it wasn't long until we just decided that we weren't going to go anymore. But I honestly do not remember ever being in church with my parents until after I was grown. Wow. And we didn't really talk about the Lord. Uh, Occasionally, we would pray over a meal, but it was just the little poem that people say, (laughs) you know, just a little ritual poem. I don't remember praying before I went to bed at night. Um, I don't remember reading the Bible as I was growing up other than... Um, my mom would decide that we needed a little bit of the Bible. So she would always start in Genesis <laughs> and we would read a few chapters in Genesis and then we'd get tired of it. And that would be it. We never went into the New Testament. Oh so as a result, I didn't know anything about Jesus. His name was never mentioned in our home. And I was vaguely aware that there was someone named Jesus that was connected to God, but I didn't know that he was the son of God. I didn't really understand what Christmas was about. Hmm. Um, Easter for us was just all about egg hunts and getting a new (laughs) dress. And wow, (laughs) my life was just so void of anything spiritual. And because of that, I had a spiritual void in my life Mm -hmm. and I was searching for something to fill that void and I begin to search in all the wrong places. Oh, okay. Well, tell us a little about that. Okay. I had no idea that I had a call on my life. But when I was born, my destiny was to be in the ministry. You know, we have a book that's written about our lives before we're born. That's right. And in my destiny, it was to be a follower of God and to be um, in ministry. And I had a destiny of being a seer Mm -hmm. and because of that as a child i could see into the spiritual realm oh wow even though i had no idea that there even was a spiritual realm i just know that when i tapped into the spirit realm it filled kind of a hunger that was inside of my little heart that i was hungry for Mm. and i remember my favorite television program was Bewitched. Oh, boy. (laughs) And I was very impressed by it. And, you know, most people look at a sitcom and they just think of it as something silly to entertain. But I began to think as a very young child, what if I could do that? What Mm. if I had a power where I could just wiggle my nose or something like that, and (laughs) I could help people. (laughs) Because in that show, she helped people all the time. And and when I felt that way, I sort of felt a rush of a power come into me. Mm. It made me feel good. It made me feel like I was filling a void Mm -hmm. that was there. Because I didn't have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. If I'd have had the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have been searching for the wrong spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I began to um, kind of get into that a little deeper. And I love to watch scary movies. And I, that was my favorite thing to watch, (laughs) not just, 
not like monster movies, but things like Night Gallery and things that um, were spiritual in a way. You know, they were they were very scary, but it was the wrong kind of spirit. Yeah, something was mm-hmm. trying to get a hold of you. Yes, and I began to open that door wider and wider and wider. And I remember probably around nine or ten years old laying in my bed and I couldn't go to sleep. And I thought, well, I had heard of people praying before. And so I opened my mouth and I started to form a prayer. And all I could do was curse God. Oh, my. Oh my. And it scared me. And I knew and I didn't even really know curse words because they weren't spoken in my home. Oh, my. But it scared me. And I thought, well, whatever I just did was wrong. So I'm never going to pray again. Oh, I'm never going to no. try that again. Oh, my. <laughs> and so I. I stayed away from that because I didn't want that to happen again. Oh, but my. it was the doors that I had opened in my life to that darkness that was coming inside that had manifested itself as I tried to pray and open myself up to God. Oh. So the enemy at a very early age had a grip on my little soul. Wow. Did your parents have any idea of this? No. In fact, um, my mother knew that I was interested in this sort of thing. So she bought a pack of tarot cards for me and (laughs) wanted me to have fun playing with them with my friends. And so I did. Oh, wow. I felt the power in the cards and my mom just would shrug it off thinking there's absolutely nothing to that. Right. And I don't I don't mean to speak about my mom in a negative way. Um, I don't want to come across as that. She Mm -hmm. just didn't know. My mom did not know. Mm-hmm. Or she probably would have, you know, kept that from happening. And then for Christmas, when I was about 11, I got a fortune telling game. Oh. oh. And it had a wizard on a magnet and you could turn it around and it had a wand and ask it questions. And as you spun it around and let go of it, it would answer all of your questions. So wow. um, my friends and I, we really had fun with that. And it was when I was 12 years old, it was in 1969. And for Christmas that year, I received a Ouija board from my parents. Mm. Oh, boy. Little did they know. This sounds crazy, but at the time, Ouija boards were very popular. Mm -hmm. We had one about that time. We had one, too, and we got rid of it. (laughs) A lot of people did. (laughs) And on a rainy day at school, they'd get out the Ouija boards, and we would play with Ouija boards. In our classroom. Oh, my. And it was just like any other game Mm -hmm. from, you know, the perspective of what people thought of it at that time. Yeah. So I remember in my home getting out our card table where it was a square table and four chairs all around. Uh, My friends would all come over and we would take turns. You know, two people had to rest their fingertips on the the little plastic piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one person and then another person on the other side and you would ask it a question and it would spin around and there was a little window in the top of it and whatever letter was visible in that window would be the next letter of the sentence. You could ask it anything and then um, it would spin around and you could spell it out and tell you the answer. And all of my friends just thought it was silly fun. Like they'd say, who am I going to marry? And (laughs) You know, silly questions that young girls do. (laughs) Well, they just thought of it all in fun. 
But I felt something when I played with that. I felt a power in it. Mm -hmm. It would kind of literally make me tingle on the inside. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. I was searching for the real thing. I needed God in my life so desperately, but I was falling deeper and deeper into that abyss, and the enemy was drawing me deeper and deeper because he wanted to have me. He wanted to steal, mm -hmm. kill, and destroy my life. Yeah. And he probably had an inkling of the anointing that mm -hmm. God wanted to put on my life. Oh, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't. So I began to wonder if I could play with that Ouija board by myself instead of the way the directions explained in the box have two people sitting across from one another. I thought, well, I'm going to try it. Mm. So, And it was happy to comply. Yes. I was probably either 13 or 14 about that time. And by that time, I was a teenager and I had uh, my bedroom wall was covered with blacklight posters. <laughs> yeah, I had those too. <laughs> <laughs> I had incense and I had rock music records. And I thought, well, I'm going to set the scene and set the atmosphere and so I would turn on my black lights, turn on my music, burn incense, and I sat in the floor in the middle of my bedroom, and I rested my fingertips on that plastic part of the Ouija board. And at first, nothing happened, and I raised my hands up a little bit, and it flew off the board by itself. Hmm. Oh, wow. And so I, I found, I picked it back up, and I put it back on, and rested my fingertips just very slightly on the top of it and it started spinning around wildly hmm. crazy hmm. so fast i couldn't keep up with my hands and it started spinning and it would spin around and around and then it would stop like stopping on a dime on a letter then it would spin around and around again and stop again and it was so fast it was almost like i was reading a sentence hmm. wow it would spin these sentences out and early on it told me that it loved me mm. and that if I would stick with it, then one day I could help people mm. and I could become famous and I would be wealthy and it would help me to be able to tell people how to live their life to where they could avoid failure. Oh, my. Wow. And just a whole lot of things that sounded real good to me. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah. Deception. Wow. I didn't know any better. And I remember telling my mom what was happening mm. with the Ouija board in my bedroom, and she just laughed. She said, "There's nothing to that. You just um. you're you're just making all of that up." Mm -mm -mm. Hmm. And so I thought, well, I don't need to talk about it. I guess mm. so. It became a secret mm. between me and the board, yes. and it was like we had a friendship. Occult, yes. And so another year went by, and I was talking to it a lot. And um, I was not a wild teenager. I didn't drink. I didn't take drugs. I didn't smoke. I made straight A's. Mm. Everybody thought that I was just a wonderful person, but I was getting so dark mm. inside. Mm. And I would lay awake at night, and I would imagine slitting my wrists and all the blood running out all over the bed and down onto the floor. Wow. Wow. And I, I would picture it happening, and it just almost felt warm and good. Mm. And I, I wasn't a real unhappy person, but I was just getting so 
drawn into this evil, evil spirit. Wow. And so by the time that I was 16, I started thinking that I would like to be in the occult and I would like to be a witch, but I didn't want to be a bad witch. I wanted to be a good witch. (laughs) (laughs) And I had heard that there was such thing and and bewitched proved it. You know, I watched that from the time (laughs) I was a little child. (laughs) And so I thought, well, there's no harm in this whatsoever. So um, I started trying to recruit some of my friends at school to see if they wanted to join. And I wanted to have a coven. I wanted to have 13 of us so that we would have more power. My favorite day of the year was Halloween because there was so much more power on that day. You could just feel it and sense it. Mm. It was like an anointing to do what I was doing on that day. And I know that I didn't anywhere near tap into as deeply as some people allow themselves to go because they get into sacrifices and drinking blood and all of these things. I'm here to to tell my testimony of how God rescued me before I went that far. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. And so I was getting so deep in this and all the time, honestly, I can tell you that I did not know that what I was doing was bad. Mm. I did not have one dot of the word of God in my life to steer me in the right direction. I didn't have any teaching, any training, any learning, any Sunday school stories. Wow. I just didn't know. And I was searching. I was hungry, but I didn't know I was searching for God. Mm -hmm. So Sharon, when I was 16 years old, I decided on Halloween night that we would try to get 13 of us and we were going to have a seance in my front yard. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't get enough, but we went ahead anyway with what we had. Mm -hmm. And these were my best friends, and they all just went along with me because I was kind of the leader type, and they would usually do whatever (laughs) I cooked up. They were followers, but they all went to church, and they all knew the Word, Oh my! and they just were thinking this was just a game. This was just fun. Yeah. They had no idea how serious I was about all of this. Wow. So they went along with me and we congregated in my front yard and we had a driveway and that's where we wanted to get in case we knocked our candle over. We didn't want to call the grass fire. (laughs) So we sat in a circle on my driveway and it was Halloween night and we had a candle in the middle of our circle and we decided prior to this night that we were going to try to bring back, um, rock star that had just been killed in an airplane crash. It was Jim Croce. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. We didn't know him. We just knew this is the only dead person that we can think of. (laughs) (laughs) Because we were just kids. Sure. I really wanted to see if we could talk to him. They were just playing along. And so we got in our circle and we started chanting, bring back. And then we would chant his name. And we chanted it about five or six times, and we all heard a noise at the same time. And it was a loud noise. And we looked up, and just a few feet in front of us, standing at the end of my driveway, under the streetlight, was a full-sized white horse. Mm. And we all saw it at the same time, and we all jumped up because it scared us. We jumped up, and we all tried to get in the front door of my house all at the same time. <laughs> we knocked the candle over. And <laughs> I was going to We ask. were just breathless. 
I didn't mean to conjure up something flesh and blood. <laughs> I just thought it would be, wow. you know, uh, something trying to talk to us. But that was flesh and blood standing there looking at us. Wow. And it looked eerie because it was under that street light. Wow. So my mom was already in bed and asleep. <laughs> and I ran down the hall yelling and I told her what had happened. And she kind of got mad at me and told <laughs> us to settled down that everybody needed to go home and I needed to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. So that was in uh, 1973, and I was 16 years old, and I was a junior in high school. And a day or two after that, I got out my Ouija board like I always did, and it acted real mad at me. Mm. And it started treating me in a different way than it usually did. Hmm. And it was a lot more violent, the way it jerked around all over the board and the way it would fly off the board by itself. Wow. And then it started, I wasn't asking it anything, and it started spelling out really fast, horrible things about Jesus. Hmm. And I didn't know why he was even talking about Jesus. I thought, well, why bring Jesus into this? (laughs) But it started saying perverted things about Jesus Hmm. and things that I didn't even really understand what they were at the time Hmm. because I wasn't a wild person. Hmm. But it was spelling all of this terrible, terrible things about Jesus. And a few days of that, I got to where, well, this is not fun anymore. I don't even want to get it out. Hmm. And about that time, I had a friend, one of my best friends, we had study hall together, and I had known her for years, Sharon, and we had never talked about God before, never talked about the name of Jesus. I had never mentioned the name of Jesus to anybody in my life at that point, never said the word. And she started telling me about Jesus in study hall, and we got in the back of the room in study hall. And she started telling me what God had done for her. And my heart just, I don't even know how to explain it. Mm. For the first time in my life, I started feeling the spirit that I had been searching for all this time. And what I didn't know was that Jesus showed up in my driveway on a white horse Mm. that night to rescue me. Wow. My knight in shining armor came to rescue me because I was that close from being demon possessed. I know I was falling off that cliff. Mm. And I would say total innocence, but he knew my heart and he knew that I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And he came to rescue me. So he sent my friend. Wow. Father, forgive her. She knows not what she does. Yeah. Yes. So for the entire month of November, we sat in study hall in the corner whispering, and she told me all about Jesus, and we got the Word of God, and we just started digging into the Word, Mm. and I just got more and more interested. I couldn't wait till study hall every day, (laughs) but I wasn't a Christian. I didn't even know what being a Christian was, and so about the end, right after Thanksgiving, my science teacher asked me if I wanted some tickets to a free movie. And I said, sure. So she handed them to me and she said, well, here's enough for you and all your friends to go. And she said, it's a Billy Graham movie and it's going to be at the Ritz Theater. Oh, wow. And um, it was going to be on December the 8th. And I 
thought, well, we don't have anything else to do. I didn't know what a Billy Graham movie was. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and so that night, my dad dropped us off and we went into the movie and the movie was called Time to Run. Mm. Mm. And it was about a young man that was running away from God. And he ended up at a Billy Graham crusade. And in the movie, it was actual footage from a Billy Graham crusade, and he was preaching. Mm-hmm. For the first time in my life, I heard an invitation to come and accept Jesus into my heart. And he gave the invitation in the movie because it was an actual footage of a, a Billy Graham crusade. Wow. And that young man in the movie got out of his seat in the stands and went down with all those hundreds of other people flooding to get saved, and they were singing just as I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My heart was about to explode, and I realized at the very end of the movie, that was the end, was him giving his life to God. They turned all the lights on in the theater, and a bunch of people lined up in the front of the theater, and they were there trained by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association on how to pray with us. Mm -hmm. They gave an invitation And all my friends were there with me, and I got up out of my seat, and I walked down that aisle. I'll never, ever forget this. It was unbelievable. I felt like I floated. I felt like (laughs) I flied. I don't think I walked. I don't think my feet were on the floor. And that lady took my hands and looked at me, and she said, if you'd have been the only person on earth, Jesus still would have come and hung on the cross and died for you. Yes. And it was like the whole world was all lit up, just the shiniest, brightest light Mm -hmm. I ever could imagine. Wow. And all my friends went on out, and they were standing under the marquee waiting for me because they were already Christians. And they just, they just thought. And they never would talk to you about the Lord, though? No, except for my friend in study hall. Wow. They just assumed since I was a nice person. Wow. And that, you know, I had high morals and made good grades that I was one of them. Mm. Oh, my. But wow. I gave my heart to the Lord and I walked out of that place and the whole world was shiny and clean and scrubbed Mm. and brand new. And that marquee was flashing on my friends. And it's like they looked like angels. And I loved (laughs) them. I loved them. Wow. And my dad came to pick us up and took us all home. And I walked in my living room and I said, my dad it was deaf, and we didn't communicate very well. He didn't know sign language, and so I didn't talk to my dad very much. But as soon as I got home, I told my mom that I had just asked Jesus into my heart. She said, well, that's nuts. Hmm. And <laughs> She didn't understand either. No. I loved to draw, and I I painted and drew. That was my favorite thing to do. So I got a big piece of cardboard as soon as I got home and I had my daddy sit in the chair and hold his hands like that. And I drew his hands that night and that was the father's hands receiving me Mm, Wow! to himself. Beautiful. And so Sharon, after that night, 
Nobody wanted to be around me because all I wanted to do was grab people <laughs> and shake them and say, you've got to know Jesus. Wow. You've got to. Wow. And so the next day I went to church with my friend, Carolyn. We went to Dardanelle First Assembly of God, <laughs> which was a miracle because that wasn't the church that my parents would have chosen for me, <laughs> but it was the one God chose yeah. because he was going to call me into the ministry. Amen. And some churches don't believe in women mm -hmm. ministers. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that was in my destiny. And so the pastor of the church, he became my pastor. That first sermon that I ever heard was on Matthew 24, and mm -hmm. he's coming soon. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> I thought Jesus was coming that day. Wow. <laughs> and so when I got home from church, I got on the phone and I called all of my relatives, my aunts and uncles and cousins, and told them, you'd better get ready because Jesus is coming today. Mm. And I went in my room and I packed a suitcase because <laughs> I thought I could take a suitcase when he came that day. Oh my! <laughs> I did not know anything. Wow. I was throwing things in the suitcase. And I went back in the kitchen and got on the phone again. And my mom said, you quit calling everybody, telling them that nonsense. <laughs> mm. She got kind of mad at me for that. But I went to church. I didn't know that there was such thing as a Sunday night service. Mm. But I found out that I could go one Wednesday night. And two weeks later, after I got saved, it was on a Wednesday. And I went to, oh, let me tell you about when I went back to school that next Monday. Oh, yeah. Mm. I went up to my science teacher who had given me the tickets and oh. I hugged her and I bawled and I said, I gave my heart to Jesus. And she said, well, Debbie, I thought you were already a Christian. You're such a sweet Christian girl. <laughs> <laughs> she had no idea how dark I was. She didn't know you had no Ouija board. <laughs> mm. well. And she hugged me and she said, well, I'm thankful for that. So I went to church on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And two weeks after that, I came to school and I had a raging fever. Mm. And my science teacher said, Debbie, why in the world did you come to school and you're so sick? And I burst into tears and I said, because if I hadn't come to school, my mom wouldn't let me go to church tonight. Mm. And I said, I can't miss. Wow. And she said, Debbie, I would love to be so in love with Jesus as you are. Mm. Wow. I got saved on December the 8th. And it was 50 years ago, this past December the 8th. Wow. So I'm 50 years old in Jesus. Wow. Mm. Glory to God. God. And that month when it was time for Christmas, I had never really known what Christmas was all about. I had oh never my. been able to celebrate the real meaning of Christmas. Mm. I just could not believe the difference. Wow. That was, I was so dark and now I was so flooded with light. Glory to God. I mean, I literally, people ran when they saw me coming. <laughs> I had a, a locker at school and I put posters up. I somehow got a hold of some Christian magazines and I cut pictures and scriptures out and I put them all in my locker. Wow. <laughs> and I got to school one morning, not long after I'd gotten saved, and my locker had been forced open and all of my belongings were scattered up and down the hall oh. just from persecution mm. and 
I found out that we had a Sunday night service too. Mm. So I started going to that. And not long after I had started going, one of our youth sponsors asked if any of us wanted pamphlets, Christian pamphlets on how to lead people to the Lord and the plan of salvation. And he gave me stacks and stacks of them. Oh, boy. And so I wrote on the back of every one of them, if you're ready to get saved, you can talk to me. And then I had my phone number on there. Wow. And so I walked to school extra early and I went in my homeroom class and I went to all the desks and I (laughs) laid one of those tracks on everybody's desk. Wow. And then I sat there just smiling because I knew just as soon as they read them, they would all gather around my desk and I could lead them to the Lord. Oh, my. I just knew they would. And and my teacher gave me permission to pass them out. Wow. And I did that day after day after day, coming early and putting all of those tracks on kids' desks in the school. Wow. And then my friend Carolyn that had led me to the Lord, we decided that we wanted to start a Christian club. Good. And so we got together one Sunday afternoon and we got poster board and we made big posters that said, Jesus saves. Today is the day of salvation. John three sixteen and all these scriptures. And we took them to school and we were all ready to put them up and down all the halls at school. <laughs> we had no idea wow. they weren't going to let us do that. Oh, my. Hmm. So they, the principal sent us to the school counselor <laughs> to explain to us why we needed to calm down a little bit. Oh, my. <laughs> and he said, well, we already have the Fellowship of Christian Athletes every morning before school starts, and that's club enough. And if you want to be a part of a Christian club, then you just go and be a part of that. So it was all these boys that were had just worked out for football and they were sitting there all sweaty. But me and my friend went and we got to start our morning with prayer. And it's a little bit different now. There's a little more freedom to have Christian groups in schools. Hmm. But that was kind of the beginning. And I just got myself in church as much as I possibly could. And I began to grow in the Lord. And He just began to take me places. I just could not believe what a difference God had made in my life. I was so dark. And I was so hungry and searching for something that I didn't even know what I was searching for. Yes. And I just want to leave everyone with this. Don't, please don't assume that everyone in America has heard about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't just look at people and say, well, they're probably a Christian or they probably know all about God and they're just not ready. Because if someone had come to me sooner and told me about Jesus, I wouldn't have had to go through all of that. Mm, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have had to open myself up to the wrong spirit if I'd have just known the truth. Yeah, I just needed to know. And the second thing that I want to leave with everyone is there are so many kids out there mm-hmm. that are playing with fire. Right. Yeah. It's it's so much worse now. There's so much more that mm-hmm. they can get into. True. Mm-hmm. That will lead them down that path that I was going down. Harry Potter and yeah. so many wicked things of witchcraft. In fact, um, I got an Amazon Christmas catalog for my children, you know, to shop for my grandchildren for toys for Christmas. And there was a little tyke's toddler sorcery table. 
Come on. That you could buy. And it had potions and spells and a cauldron, little tykes oh, for like my. a one-year-old, a two-year-old. Mercy. Oh, my. To conjure up spells. Wow. And that broke my heart. Yeah. Wow. That broke my heart. And what's even sadder is there are people that believe that they're right with God that say those things are okay. Yeah. And they let their kids get into that. and. Wow. Mm-hmm play with these things and watch these things and have these games and videos and movies and books. And and they are like the blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. And our oh. children, our children are too little to know better. It's true. No. It's so important for us to put a guardrail on that path mm-hmm. for them because they don't know that there's a cliff right there mm-hmm. and they're going to go careening off the path. To their destruction. Right. I don't know that anybody on earth had been praying for me. I don't know if anybody had ever prayed for me because I was, my life was so void of anything spiritual. Wow. The hmm. right kind of spirit. But the holy hound of heaven was pursuing me and he was hot on my, my heels Amen. because of his love. And he arrested me with his great love that day. That's hmm. right. That he showed up in my driveway. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was no wonder that Ouija board got mad. <laughs> it knew more than I did oh. what took place yeah. that wow. night. Uh-huh. And I didn't deserve Jesus to show up for me, but he did yeah. in all his glory. It's because he had a plan yes. for you. He did. Oh, why? Yes. Absolutely. And not one second of these 50 years have I ever wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. Not one second. He has been my everything. Amen. And he grows sweeter to me every day. Amen. Your father. Wow. Would you pray for our listeners, Debbie? Yes. And just uh, let the Holy Spirit lead you. You have such a burden for helping people to get out from that darkness. Yes. Just pray as you feel led of the yes. Holy Spirit to help others to come into the thing that God has for them. Yes. Father God, we come to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. And we ask you, Lord, to give parents wisdom and discernment before they buy those things for their children. God, open their eyes of their heart and of their understanding, especially the ones that say that they are Christians and that they live mm-hmm. for you. And they think that because everybody else is getting this for their children, they think it's okay. But help them to know how dangerous every bit of that is. It is the wrong spirit. And it is drawing our children and it is tantalizing them and pulling them into that abyss. I just pray, God, that you would help them to understand and to see, Lord, the dangers of this. Yes, Lord. And Lord, the people that do not know you, and they are dabbling in all of this occultic practices and and tarot cards and crystals and all of the new age stuff and the horoscopes. And there's just so many things that are out there that is the wrong spirit. And they don't understand that they're searching for the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. But Lord, just like you pursued me and you rescued me, I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit after them and stop them in their tracks yes, Lord, yes, and help them to see that they're going down the wrong path hmm. and that they need to turn around and seek for the Holy Spirit, the pure one, the lovely spirit. 
the good spirit, the spirit of light, not the spirit of darkness, not the spirit of death and destruction to steal, kill, and destroy, yes. but that spirit that gives life and life more abundantly. Stop them in their tracks before they go headlong, before it's too late, yes, Lord. before they Father. sail their soul, before they go deeper. Stop them, Lord. Put roadblocks in their path. Yes, Send people to them like my sweet friend that told me every day in study hall about the goodness of God and that I needed him too. Send people into their paths and let them have boldness to open their mouths and to share the good news and the hope of the gospel. Because these people are just searching and searching and searching. Yes. They have a void. They've got an emptiness and a hole in their heart, and they're looking in all the wrong places. Yes. Lord, Mm. shake us awake and help us, Lord, to know that we need to be about the Father's business and we need to be leading people to you. We need to open our mouths and we need to speak just Letting people look at our lives and our testimony just from looking at us is not enough. Mm-hmm. That's a cop-out. We need to open our mouths and be bold, and we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit so that we can be bold to speak to people that God sends into our yes. paths. Yes, amen. And Lord, in this prayer, I ask that you would send these people into our path. Yes, That every day as we get up and go about our day, that there'll be hungry people that are searching for you and that you will send them right directly right smack dab in front of us and that you would help us god to be bold and discerning and know what to say and that you would speak through us and that you would help us to rescue a multitude of people that are headed down that slippery slope Mm -hmm. toward hell fire in jesus name amen. amen I want to be a Jude 23 Christian, snatching them out of the fire. Yes, Mm -hmm. amen, amen. And that is a part of the outpouring, really. Yes. You know, and the prayer that goes into uh, preparing the hearts. Yes. Because it's not enough for us to just speak to somebody. Yes. It's when we pray that God would send those, yes. he would prepare hearts yes. and send the hearts that are prepared yes. so that they'll, they'll be ready to receive yes. the seed of the word of God. Yes, That's like if my science teacher had given me those tickets right after that seance, I wouldn't have been ready at the Billy Graham movie. Mm-hmm. But the Lord had me meet with Carolyn in study hall for a whole month wow. to prepare my heart so that I would understand what the message that was on that screen, that I would understand it. So what you're saying is so important yeah. for God to prepare their hearts, but he can use us to prepare their hearts. Amen. Amen. Some plant, some water, and some reap. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, Debbie, we'd like to have you back again for another episode and tell us more of your testimony, because this is just the beginning of how the Lord yes. got into your life, yes. and, and you've had some tremendous experiences. Yes, ma'am. That I think are going to make people even more hungry for the things yes, of God. Amen. Praise God. So we'll have you back again for another episode. I would love that. Thank you, Sharon and Philip. Okay. okay. God bless You're most you. Welcome. Yes. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast. 
Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. Thank you.